This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange traded funds with Global X ETFs. Exchange traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. Global X specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. Hospitals are on the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic. In cities like New York, people lean out their windows every night to cheer on the healthcare workers who are risking their own safety to care for the sick. But hospitals are also businesses with payrolls to meet and budgets to balance. And even though hospitals are more essential now than ever, they're actually struggling to make ends meet. Hospitals are experiencing a real financial strain right now. Melanie Evans covers hospitals, and she says that some of the hospitals on the front lines are burning through cash. So hospitals are losing revenue at the same time that they are spending a lot more in order to take care of these really critically ill patients with COVID-19. And hospitals are expecting that this financial pain will continue. Today on the show, how hospitals across the country are getting squeezed financially by the coronavirus pandemic. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, April 15th. In the past several weeks, as some hospitals have seen a surge in coronavirus cases, They've had to spend a lot of money. Hospitals are buying more supplies and they are hiring temporary nurses and bringing in staff and buying protective equipment. You know, they are buying beds, ventilators, if they can get them. They are just constantly responding and adapting to the surge in patients. But on top of these soaring costs, this surge of coronavirus patients is also making hospitals lose revenue. That's happening for a few reasons. First, there's been a sudden drop in so-called elective procedures, things like knee replacements or cosmetic surgery. For years, hospitals have earned a lot of their revenue from these sorts of procedures, which tend to have higher profit margins. But in the scramble to find more beds for COVID patients, many hospitals have had to cancel them. Hospitals really do a lot of business on hip replacements and knee replacements and imaging and laboratory work, and and they have just stopped them. In some cases, states have told them, you cannot do any of these, and we need you to stop because we need you to hold on to the masks and the gowns that you would use for those procedures. We need those to take care of COVID patients. So stop using them. Don't do any more procedures. Also, we don't want patients coming in and being inadvertently exposed. And other hospitals have done this voluntarily, right? They've essentially said, we really need to hang on to those supplies. We really don't want patients traveling around if they don't have to. And so we're just going to stop doing them. And that has just dried up a large amount of the revenue that hospitals receive. Another revenue stream that's under threat is emergency care 
With everyone staying at home, some hospitals are reporting that visits to the ER for issues unrelated to the coronavirus are way down. One study in California found that recent stay-at-home orders have cut traffic accidents roughly in half. On top of that, in this era of social distancing, when people do get hurt, they seem less inclined to go to the hospital for help with more minor things, like, say, a sprained ankle. So when I talk to doctors in hospitals, they are marveling at the fact that they aren't seeing the patients they usually do. And they're sort of wondering, where are they, right? It may be that patients unnerved by the news and trying to heed the call to sort of travel to a hospital only when necessary are staying home and toughing it out. And there are fewer of them in hospital emergency rooms. So you've got less revenue coming in and you're spending more money, which is just squeezing their financials. One place that many hospitals might turn to in times of financial distress is their investment funds. But in the economic downturn caused by the pandemic, some of these investments are also in jeopardy. About 60% of hospitals in the United States are nonprofits, which means that they don't give money back to shareholders. What they do is they take any profit they make and they put it into, either they spend it on their operations or they spend it on a new building or equipment, or they put it into an investment fund. And that fund becomes a way for them to sort of pay for operations, future construction, and in an emergency, it becomes the reserves that hospitals can dip into. It's basically their savings. But as the markets have reacted to the coronavirus pandemic, hospitals have seen those investment portfolios kind of follow the market and plummet. And so between rising costs and declining revenues, some hospitals on the front lines are losing lots of money. In New York City, for example, some hospital systems are losing $350 to $450 million a month as they respond to the surge in coronavirus patients. But these financial impacts are also hitting hospitals far away from hotspots, places that haven't even seen many cases yet. Statewide orders to cancel elective surgeries or shelter in place apply to rural areas as well, whether or not they've had a major outbreak. And that's started to have an impact on hospitals there. You know, I talked to hospitals that are outside of some of these major hotspots. And after canceling their electives and asking, you know, their primary care doctors to do telehealth visits, you know, these hospitals are not doing a lot, right? They've got doctors who are idled. You know, they don't want to lose them, and so they're paying them. But, you know, they just don't have the same cash cushion that some of the larger systems do. One hospital that's running low on money is the Three Rivers Hospital in Washington State. So Three Rivers is a hospital about four hours drive outside of Seattle, which was one of the nation's first hotspots. Earlier this month, I called up the hospital's chief financial officer, Jennifer Munson, at her home in Brewster, Washington. Okay, I hope you don't hear my dog snoring. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer told me a bit about her hospital, a 25-bed facility that serves a region of about 15,000 square miles. How long have you been working at Three Rivers Hospital? I have been there for 20 years. 20 years. I'm very passionate about our hospital. I myself have had emergencies in my family where 
we have had to get people to the hospital and they have saved their lives, you know, stabilized them. I do have a family member that had a stroke, pretty bad stroke. And if it weren't for our hospital, they'd be dead. When I first called Jennifer, Three Rivers hadn't yet seen a coronavirus patient. But for weeks, they'd still been abiding by the same statewide orders as hospitals and hotspots like Seattle. Back in mid-March, Governor Jay Inslee ordered that all hospitals in Washington state cancel most elective surgeries. A couple days later, Jennifer was at home late at night reviewing data on the number of patients that were coming into the hospital. And I think it was about 1 o'clock in the morning when I looked at our volumes in March compared to where we normally are and realized we're down over 50%. And... I don't know how long this is going to go on. You know, you're hearing this virus might not peak until August. It's scary. I mean, how will we keep our doors open if this is months and months and months of this? What was going through your mind when you saw those numbers late at night at your desk? That we won't survive this pandemic. Our hospital will not survive. Because you can't sustain that significant of a drop in revenue. After crunching the numbers, Jennifer had to break the bad news to the hospital's CEO and the rest of the leadership team. How did people react when you told them? I think there were, I'm probably sharing too much, but we did have a a conference call a couple days later that week. And... There were some tears on our admin team that, you know, unless we can figure out some funding and we can get some help, we may need to start preparing our staff that uh, we're not going to be able to pay you. None of us are willing to give up because we all care about our hospital. It's not just a place of work. Coming up, how Three Rivers Hospital is trying to survive a financial crisis in the midst of a pandemic. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Welcome back. With revenues falling, Three Rivers Hospital closed out March with a budget shortfall of about a million dollars. So their CFO, Jennifer Munson, is trying to keep the hospital's finances afloat. And that's meant choosing which bills to pay and which ones to leave unpaid. How long until you are unable to start paying some of your bills? 
well, I'm already there with not paying bills. I do have some vendors that I do make sure that get paid because I know we won't get the supplies because some vendors are a little more strict than others. But I have, I would say now, because I did write some checks yesterday, probably about $800,000 sitting in accounts payable that are bills that we haven't paid. Other hospitals facing shortfalls have decided to furlough employees, downsizing at a time when many hospitals need staff more than ever. Major hospital systems like Bon Secours Mercy Health and Tenet Healthcare have furloughed hundreds of workers. And the Mayo Clinic has announced that they'll be furloughing staff in May. Three Rivers Hospital has resisted layoffs and furloughs, trying to keep the facility ready in the event that they start to see a surge in cases. It's not like you can lay off a bunch of people because you need those people to take care of the patients. And you lay those people off, they're going to go somewhere else to work and then you're not going to get them back. But when we spoke earlier this month, Jennifer said that Three Rivers may not be able to meet payroll demands much longer. I have a payroll coming next week and that usually is about... $400,000 for us. And I probably have, without looking at the exact figure right now, I probably have $400,000 of cash available. So I will make the next payroll. But beyond that, it's unclear. So you you may only be able to pay your staff and your doctors and nurses for one more week. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then what happens after that? Well, we're still working hard every day to look for alternative methods of funding. I called Jennifer back about a week later to check in and see if she found a way to keep paying her staff. She says that Three Rivers got an advanced payment from Medicare, basically a loan, that should cover payroll and some other expenses for about a month and a half. For now, it's kind of (sighs) like... you know, taken from one bucket to save us at this point and figuring out what we're going to do to pay that back in six months. As the hospital tries to shore up its finances, Jennifer says that Three Rivers saw its first positive test for COVID-19 last week and that countywide, the number of cases is growing. What are you most worried about in the coming weeks? Well, hospital-related, I mean, personally, I'm worried about this virus. <laughs> I'm one of those people in the compromised category, and I am the sole caretaker of my mother who has Alzheimer's disease, and so it scares me to death that something could happen, and, you know, I'm not going to be here to take care of my mom and what would happen to her. But for the hospital, I lose sleep and worry about how... Are we going to manage through this and survive this financially? Ultimately, Jennifer says, to survive the financial and medical challenges ahead, Three Rivers may need a bigger bailout from the federal government. And that bailout may be on its way. In the $2 trillion stimulus package passed by Congress last month, $100 billion was allocated for hospitals grappling with COVID-19. Last week, the federal government started to distribute the first $30 billion of that money. About $300,000 of it went to Three Rivers. It's unclear how long it will take to distribute the rest. 
which leaves rural hospitals like Three Rivers uncertain of how they're going to make it through in the coming months. These are the communities where hospitals are really scraping to get by. They're at this moment where they have been without revenue. They are losing money. I think it says something that one of the industries that are kind of central to the response in this pandemic has not been spared from the financial and economic devastation that the coronavirus has caused across the country. That's all for today, Wednesday, April 15th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this story by Anna Wilde Matthews and additional audio from Anthony Sargent and Joseph Tursolino via Storyful. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.